now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. Two, two, three, three, I'm on 10 again, yeah. State your name. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Um, by the time you'll be watching this, it'll be Super, so- Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and hope you have a great Super Bowl, safe Sunday, and enjoy this time with limited family as we're probably still trying to be social distance and things like that. Um, today's episode, we're going to kind of just break down some of the interesting topics, at least from our perspective, about the Super Bowl and, you know, what that day means in, our, in this country as well as to us personally. Um, I think this, the interesting thing about this is the Super Bowl has always been kind of a litmus test for the year and for the for where the country was. I think there have been Super Bowls where you just felt like, oh, this was it was a really good, fun time. There was other Super Bowls where, for whatever reason, it just didn't didn't go well and the year was kind of off. So I think this will kind of be an interesting Super Bowl because of the climate of the country, um, and, it, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes down and what the general you know, mood or feel is towards the Super Bowl, you know, before and after. Um, but let's get into it. I mean, the first thing we wanted to talk about and I wanted to, to get across is, as I said, it, it, it it's weird because it's just a sporting event, but it does have a really, you know, big impact on, I guess you could say the mood of the country, if that makes sense. I know I'm going to talk about my experience first in terms of when I was growing up, the Super Bowl was like, it was like a national holiday. I remember I remember Pastor Costin specifically, he would always say when it was Super Bowl Sunday and he was in church preaching, he said, I'm going to get y'all out of here early because I know everybody wants to set up for the Super Bowl parties and get ready to watch the game. And I was always like, that's crazy that, you know, that he's taking that into consideration. But that's how big of a deal it's always been, you know, since I was you know a kid. Um, you know, football is the biggest sport in America and everybody. And that's the thing about it is it pulls such a, a different demographic. Mom probably watches one game a year if she doesn't, you know, walk through the house and we're watching the game. But everybody, I don't care who you are, watches the Super Bowl. Um, so for me, it's always felt like a holiday, really. You know, I mean, it was like there was always we knew we was doing something for the Super Bowl. Was it like that back, you know, when you were growing up? Not to that degree. Um, growing up. You know, particularly for me growing up with largely women in the household, it wasn't a big deal. And so there was times when people got together, I guess, depending on who was playing and they congregated, they watched it at somebody's house. And so it was a big deal. And there was times where it was just like, oh, well, y'all going to watch the game? You know, me, white, watch it. Might go outside and just start playing, (laughs) you know. So for us as kids, as we were growing up, when I got over to about my teens or in high school, you know, I tuned in a little more. And then again, it always, for me, depended on who played. If it was a team or teams that I was interested in watching, then I would definitely tune in. If it wasn't, you know, I may watch it, I may not. So uh, for me, it always kind of varied. I mean, I always knew it was going on and I always paid attention to some degree, but it was more or less depending on who was playing and sometimes just the, the mood I was in. Yeah. So, yeah. The reason I think of it as more as a holiday, too, is because I, I mean, and I guess that's the difference between when you grew up and when I grew up. But I think nowadays, regardless of who's playing, people are going to tune in, watch people are going to look. 
And it's not even, I don't even think half the people that watch care about the game. It's just to feel like you are part of a cultural event. Like this is what everybody's gonna be talking about on social media and you know, for me, for at least the next couple of days is who won the Super Bowl, what happened, what commercials were the funniest um, and stuff like that. And so I feel like people are like, I have to watch it to be a part of that. Well, I think like with sports in general, it just become more commercialized. Uh, these major corporations, the NFL and these sports leagues have become more adept at marketing and promoting these events to where they become iconic events and people, you know, across the globe, particularly here in the U.S., they tune in, whether there's something that they really have an interest in football or they may have an interest in the commercials or the halftime show. So there's always a little bit of something that can draw someone in to tune in to see the, the event. You know, somebody may, oh, the halftime show, let's go. And, yeah. you know, they come in to watch the halftime show, but they at the Super Bowl party. Yeah, yeah. And during the game, now they're talking or drinking or doing something other than actually watching the game. So it, 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 it has a little to offer for everyone, whether or not they're big football fans or not. It just becomes an event um, that people tune into. Yeah, I forgot about the halftime show. That's a really big cultural event, too, because you always have... I guess the Super Bowl always tries to pick, you know, the biggest star of the year or, you know, currently and have them, you know, perform. And I think you have, and then the, the national anthem as well. I can think about some iconic national anthems from Whitney Houston to, didn't Patti LaBelle do one? Yeah, you've had a, a number of people. And then you it. have halftime shows, like I, I, I went alive for it, but I, you know, I'll never forget even watching the video of Michael Jackson's halftime show. You that know, it's interesting good. you bring up the, the national anthem, <laughs> considering <laughs> over the last few years how um, controversial it's been. Uh, uh, and, you know, it just made me think that, you know, that's one of the things everyone used to tune into and be like, you know, we want to hear who's singing the national anthem. And over uh, the last couple of years, it has been a little interesting because <laughs> of the controversy surrounding it, you know, the kneeling and the protesting. So it'll be interesting to see this year how, how that goes. Considering yeah. all we've dealt with over the past year um, with racial and uh, the most issues. the most interesting thing for me would be how the NFL treats it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the players kind of taken you have guys who kneel and it's just become kind of expected or, you know, not a big deal as when Kaepernick first started doing it. Um, but I think what would be interesting to me to see is how the NFL handled. Will there be a message? Will there be something, you know, on the on the but jumbotron behind them of we stand against race you know something like that that's become expected of these leagues now will the nfl take part and use the national anthem to do that or will they just be like nah we just gonna stick to what we know best <laughs> yeah that's gonna be interesting i, yeah. I do agree because i know after the whole george floyd thing they did come out in support of it or they didn't they didn't look down upon it so yeah. it'll be interesting now with the Super Bowl and what just recently happened, the Capitol building and just kind of attention yeah. what the NFL is going to do. Are they going to shine a light on it or are they just going to be like, you know, we're not going to pay a whole lot of attention to that yeah. right now. Let's slide that. Let's make sure we don't create a controversy where we don't need it. And so well, that's, that's the thing, though, is like everybody right now is looking for that type of stuff. So if it's not there, people are going to notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's people that are, you know, they look for it. They want to make sure that it's a part of the messaging and the imagery within the league and the game itself. And if it's not there, I think they'll be not called out on it, but people will take notice. And f there's a lot of smart people working in this league. So 
they have to take that into consideration. So okay. I know it's on their mind and it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Well, if we're talking about it, I'm sure they're talking about it on exactly. some level because um, their brand depends largely on how they, you know, handle this situation. And because, and, the, and as we've talked about it before, it's become almost a bad business move to not be with this movement, right? I mean, everyone, every business we knew this summer was releasing statements in support of Black Lives Matter and all of these different movements and things. Um, so although it may have just been a business move, it was a bit of support and it was bad business to not say anything. They were calling those companies out. It's like, where your statement at, you know? Yeah. And so it'd be interesting to see, like you said, if we're talking about it, we know they've thought about it. And so I, I know whatever decision they make, they can't claim ignorance. Like, oh, we just did slipped our mind. Like, no, whatever it was, it was yeah. a conscious effort. Well, but, that, um, that'll be one thing to tune into. So tune into <laughs> the national anthem and how that's dealt with. <laughs> yeah. Quick nugget. I believe I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Super Bowl is the second largest viewed sporting event in the world um, besides. No, it's the third. Well, depending on the year, but I believe the first two is the World Cup and then the Olympics when they come around. So that's how big it is. And we think of it as an American sport, but I mean, it, it draws a lot of eyes from around the world. Um, but this year in particular, I think is interesting because a lot of people are talking about this goat versus baby goat thing. And because everybody- goat versus the kid. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks Brady's the goat all time, six Super Bowls. Probably don't have to tell people about his resume. And then people believe that, and I, I'm one of those people who believe that Mahomes is probably, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've already seen, you know, come through. If he's able to be consistent and keep going and stay healthy, he'll probably go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, and he's got a great supporting cast around him to hopefully stick together and do it through the next, you know, however many years. But right. let me ask you this. I, I'll start it with who you got. Well, I'm rooting for Kansas City. And I – being that my team and the Raiders, uh, we hate Kansas City, but I'm a I'm a I'm a Mahomes fan, and, uh, and and I'm not a big fan of Tampa Bay. They beat us the last time we was in the Super Bowl, so, and you know I'm not a Brady hater, but I'm not a big fan. You know I think he's a great quarterback, and you know obviously he knows how to win, um, but he's also been surrounded by some pretty solid teams. So I think. You know, I'm I'm kind of middle middle of the road on Brady. You know, I don't I don't challenge his greatness, but in terms of me supporting and rooting for him, he's gotten some pretty good breaks at times. Call especially that Tuck rule uh, when they <laughs> kept us out of the uh, out of the Super Bowl. And since that, that was what '98, I believe. Wasn't it '02? Well, it, well, maybe early 2000s. Uh -huh. But I know it seemed like the organizations went in different directions. Patriots went up. Yeah. Yep. And then the Raiders just fail. Okay, and well, so, you uh, don't put that fully on Tom Brady's well, tuck route now. Y'all well, did some it, things. Hey, put it like this. <laughs> it had an impact. And I'm, I, there's a correlation. Okay, okay. yeah. I give you um, that. You know, just looking at how those two um, organizations went in different directions, um, largely because the Raiders just couldn't get past that old school way of thinking as the game yeah. passed them up. Al Davis just was, uh, wasn't willing to make those changes. But yeah. long story short, I'm I'm rooting for Kansas City. Um, I like Mahomes, and I think I think it's going to be a good game. And I just hopefully that the weather isn't a problem, and that they're able to go out there and really you know run and shoot. Yeah, I have been deemed a Brady hater. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a Brady hater, but what I do hate is the amount of credit that Tom Brady gets that 
I don't think he fully deserves. Now, I am I will acknowledge Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. He's, you know, done enough to win throughout his career. Obviously, six Super Bowls, you can't argue with that. Um, I do believe he's been a part of a great system for over 20 years with the Patriots. Um, but in terms of, if you can honestly sit there and say that you watch Tom Brady play football and you think, oh man, he's the best to ever step on a football field, I think you're out of your mind. <laughs> and so for that reason, I, I do a lot of arguing against Tom Brady in terms of trying to discredit him. But if everybody was on the same page as me, they're like, yeah, he's a great quarterback. Not the greatest, but he, he's a great quarterback. He's had the greatest career in NFL history. Kudos to him. I'd be like, cool. But when people start saying how oh, he's the greatest, then I have to, I have to knock him down. On the well, there's what's the criteria? I always say, you know, what's the criteria? And then we can evaluate what we consider great. I think, you know, he would probably have some of the greatest accomplishments. Is he the most talented? No. no. You know, and so that's when you begin to have that argument. Are you talking about the talented? Are you talking about the accomplishments? Are you talking about both? So, you know, it's always one of those ongoing arguments because I don't think the criteria is ever really set and established for you to have that discussion. And I think for many people, it's well, fun to have that. It uh, is, argument. but that's the thing is that there's, and that's why I think Tom Brady's kind of split a lot of people and not, a, most people are on the other side that he's just the greatest. He's just been dubbed that. Um, because of career accomplishments, right? Super Bowl is always top five in passing yards. He's top five in touchdowns thrown and all these things. And like I said, I mean, he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks for the past 20 years. And that's got to mean something, which is why, in my eyes as well, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. But to just call him the GOAT off of career statistics when you've been playing 20 years and you've been a part of a great system for 20 years and you have a few other quarterbacks that I think weren't a part of his greatest systems, more talented, and we're probably, I would say, not more consistent, but less of a hindrance to their team because at times Tom Brady can throw a lot of interceptions. He doesn't move the ball down the field that well. I think there are other quarterbacks that I look at and say, hey, they're all time they're better. But this is a definitely an interesting matchup, and I can see how it draws eyes because people are like, oh, this is, you know, the current GOAT versus, you know, the kid kind of coming up and challenging for that spot. Um, now Mahomes... I'm gonna get off Brady, and I don't want to talk about that too long. But Mahomes, I think Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers to me is the best quarterback I've ever seen because for the past, I don't know how many years he's been starting quarterback, but 10, 15 years or more, he's shown great consistency in terms of playing at a high level. Sometimes he had good teams, sometimes he didn't. He won a Super Bowl, um, a lot of playoff appearances, just hasn't been able to get over the hump, but it's not like he played terrible in those games. So you can't say he's just not clutch or anything because if you look at the stats, he's more clutch than Tom Brady. But we ain't going to get into that. But I do think that um, Mahomes, I, I look at some of, like we talked about it before, some of the throws he makes and some of the things he does on a football field, and I'm like, we've never seen that before. We've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, he has not only the physical skills, but he appears to have the leadership skills and the intangibles. Uh -huh. And that's one of the things, you know, that I'll throw in when I look at great players or successful uh, uh, winning players. You know, I look at the Magic, Magic Johnsons. I look at the Larry Birds. I look at the um, LeBron James, the Michael Jordans. They seem to have a way to propel their teams to win, whether it's been physically or the intangibles through leadership and how they get their guys prepared and ready to play. And so those are some of the things that I looked at and I think that Brady 
does for his teams. Um, confidence is, is a huge, huge thing to have in sports. If you don't have confidence, it's hard for you to go out there and think you're going to win. And so I think those are some of the intangibles that these guys have. And Mahomes, being so young, it appears to me that he has that type of charisma and that leadership to be able to will his guys to win, but at the same time, making them believe that they're going to win, you know. Um, and that obviously probably coaching staff and a lot of other things, but they seem like they have that, he seems like he has that leadership quality to, um, you know, get his team to, to be successful as he has done over the past couple of years. Yeah, and, and the thing that, that, that probably most excites me about Mahomes is that I think of two different things two different skill sets or I guess advantages when you talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who are consistently talked about as some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time I think Aaron Rodgers is the physical tools man he can make every throw he's got a cannon for an arm he's you know decently athletic so he's mobile you know he's good between the ears I think Tom Brady looking the other side man he knows he knows how to run a system like you said the intangibles the leadership to be able to get, put confidence in his players um, you know, he's got, he's got, a, he's clutch. I ain't gonna lie to you. Tom Brady is somewhat clutch. Um, but more than that, I think Tom Brady's had, once again, like I said, a great system for 20 years. He's had great teammates behind him, good defenses. And that's what I'm seeing with Aaron, uh, with Mahomes is that, hey, he's got the physical tools. He's got everything that Aaron Rodgers has, in my opinion. But now he's also got a great team. He's got a good offense with him. Some of the, I think, you know, Travis Kelsey may go down as one of the best tight ends of all time. He's got Tyreek Hill, who's probably already one of the fastest receivers to ever come to the league. Um, he's got uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy behind him as coaches. By the way, get Eric Bieniemy a job in the league somewhere. They're doing that brother wrong. But um, <laughs> I just think all of that collectively, if Mahomes is able to stay healthy and stay consistent, he'll go down as the best quarterback of all time, man. That's just that's the yeah. way I see it. So let me ask you from a statistical standpoint, and you know how the number of championships always play into that whole GOAT conversation. What does he have to do to be recognized at that uh, as the GOAT when he's all when it's all said and done for him? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, it's like, I think football is one of those things where career accomplishments are, are taken into consideration, but because a lot of times football's players' lifespan isn't that long you know what i mean being consistently good versus just having an amazing peak is you know it's tough to weigh out um, but i do think that mahomes because he's a quarterback quarterbacks usually last you know a bit longer in the league i think he'll he should be able to get i mean he's already probably up there in a few of these stat categories but you know in terms of all-time passing yards touchdowns you know and touchdown to interception interception ratio is a big thing for me for quarterbacks because you know if you throw touchdowns and you throw no, don't throw interceptions that's how you win a lot of games um but I think in terms of Super Bowls I don't think there's any amount needed because that doesn't determine a that isn't a determining factor in a great player to me because that's such a team statistic in basketball it's different one guy can affect the game greatly and, and probably enough to win championships I think we've seen as long as they have a decent supporting cast in football a quarterback is only on the field half of the game and half of that, they're probably just handing it off right or left. There's 10 other guys on their team and 11 other guys on the other side of the ball that need to do their job in order to help him win. And so I don't think there's a number of Super Bowls. What I will say is he's got a team like we've talked about. He's got a coaching staff. If, 
you look at it and you say, man, Mahomes is probably the only thing holding them back from getting another two or three Super Bowls, which I don't think that'll ever happen. But if that's the case, five, six, seven years down the road, then it'll be tough to give him that kind of, I guess, GOAT title because, you know, you can't hold your team back. But I don't foresee that happening. And so for that reason, I mean, if he's consistently doing what he's doing right now for another five, six, seven years, in my opinion, he'll be the, he'll be the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. He's already the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. All I need to see is more consistency. All right. I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. You but know, I want to talk about – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I want to talk about – because we, we can go on and on and on about that argument. I want to talk about the economic impact of the Super Bowl itself, and especially the year 2021, given everything that's going on. Um, I know you have a few st- – that's on what the Super Bowl resent, represents economically um, to the league and stuff like that. But it just seems like this year especially is going to be different. But in what ways? Well, in just uh, the limited information I have as far as how the economic impact of a Super Bowl in a city or a region, it ranges anywhere from two to 300,000 up to, you know, five, 600,000, not thousand, million. So yeah. two to 300 million up to you know, five to six hundred million dollars for that region in terms of revenue being generated. What actually stays based on what is spent, you know, that varies, you know. So, for instance, if a city generates, you know, three hundred million, they may, you know, profit or bring in, you know, 50, 60 million, give or take, um, as they minus the expenditures put out, you know, to put on the event and to host it. So, um, so that's a big, big chunk of revenue for a week or two um, to where it's being um, provided in that particular city community. So that's that's huge. Uh, there's economists and there's others who may argue how much is really being generated and what the impacts and they go into a little more detail on, you know, where is that really, uh, you know, uh, uh, an economic factor that... Um, you know, produces a type of revenue that, um, you know, being projected and sometimes uh, quantified. So um, this year, it's going to be interesting just because of the COVID and the impact of that and probably be fewer events, parties, there'll be fewer people at the games. So that'll be interesting to see what that looks like, you know, economically for Tampa Bay, for that region, you know, from a financial standpoint. Yeah, I find it interesting. I mean, like we talked about, that's the biggest thing, right? It's COVID this year um, and stuff like that. But I, I'm wondering as people, well, that's a, that's what I'm wondering is if will people flock to the city, right? Because Florida has kind of been this, you know, open state in terms of COVID restrictions. They haven't closed down too much. And so I would think there would be a decent amount of motivation for people, to, for people who aren't, I guess, afraid of COVID or who haven't necessarily thought that the rules need to be followed you know there'd be a lot of motivation to say hey you know what there's something going on in florida florida's the place to be let's go check it out um and so i've i think that may draw some people um but then again there's probably another uh, um faction of people who are like nah we are afraid of covid we're worried about it and it may drive them away so will it even out or will there be less more i think that's well, an interesting I, I, thing to i think see. for the nfl I mean, obviously, ticket sales, you won't be able to sell out because they're not going to have a full stadium, right? 
No. So from that standpoint, you know, it's going to be down. Um, I think some of the event planners really not sure what's going to happen. So they're probably being a little more modest with the events that they're holding because it's really not, sh not certain as to what that's going to look like. Who's going to show up? Are people going to show up in mass or are they going to be like, eh, we're going to set this one out and hopefully next year we can come back when it's, you know, things are a lot better. So I think overall it'll probably be down. How much and how significant, I don't know. Uh, so I think the commercials will probably be interesting uh, to see how with, you know, all that happened this year, I think there's going to probably be some pretty interesting commercials that yeah. will reflect on some of the things that took place over the year that will shine some light on things and that will probably be hilarious, you know, to, you know, be a parody on some of the things that have been so serious, but looking at it from a, a comedic standpoint to, you know, say, hey, this is what happened, but we can laugh at it. So, um, so economically, it's going to be, I believe it'll be down overall. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about the, the Super Bowl versus other big time major sporting championships is the Super Bowl has become a production and like a, it's almost like a movie from start to finish. And even before and after you have so much that goes into it that can draw your eyes. You know, I watched the finals this year and as much as I love basketball, the commercials probably weren't, you know, as entertaining. So I would, you know, go on my phone during the commercials or find something else to do during the commercials, go to the bathroom, um, you know, before the game and after the games, the commentary was so-so or what have you. But the Super Bowl, man, they've done a good job of making sure that from start to finish, you have to watch what happened. Who did the, who did the, uh, like we said, the national anthem? Who's doing the halftime show? What commercials are going to be funny? What commercials aren't going to be funny? Who's going to, because they even do the thing where you vote best commercial for the Super Bowl and stuff like that. And so it's become such a production as opposed to other sporting championships that they economically, but that's, and that's the interesting thing too for me is, Okay, so obviously we know what the pool is and the demographic that the Super Bowl pools is so wide ranging that as you have a lot more people hunkered down in their homes, I imagine the contract for that space, you know, with who does the Super Bowl every year? Is it CBS or ABC? I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's CBS. I don't know. Not sure. But either way, the contract that they negotiated with the NFL has got to be probably one of the biggest ever because it's like, look, you got millions of people who can't leave the house who are laid off of their jobs and sitting in front of a tv set anyway the numbers that we pull this year should be pretty 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 monumental and so for that reason i wonder how how much money they'll that a contract to do and with that makes up the difference i don't think it'll make up enough difference to where they gain more but will it compensate for some of the loss in ticket sales revenue that way well it all depends you know, for the cities, that's not going to do them well. The, the, the region in which yeah. the Super Bowl has been planned, but for the NFL, for the TV network, uh, I think that will probably be an area where it's a possibility for it to go up and be even more um, effective and productive because people are more than likely be around the house, be at home, and being that the Super Bowl is such a big event anyway, most people typically plan on watching it. So I think um, that is an area where you could see uh, increases in improvement overall. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the Super Bowl, man. It, it'll be interesting to check out this year, I think, for the game itself, but also just for so much else going on around it that goes with the Super Bowl. And like I said at the beginning, I think it's a good litmus test for, litmus test for 
where we're at and where what people are feeling. Like you said, some of the commercials may have some social undertones that you know you may look at and say, well, what are you trying to say by that? Or will they poke fun at some of the, I guess, more serious situations and kind of calm the nerves? I think it'll it'll be an interesting to, I guess you could say, study to see what kind of cultural impact the Super Bowl has because it has one every year. Right. That's a good point. I, I agree with that. So it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting to say the least. Um, you know, now being that we've been kind of locked down or, you know, quarantining for the last year almost, you know, these type of events on TV, you know, really become more more exciting or more interesting in looking at them because, you know, you just don't have that, at least I haven't had that you know ability to go out and just do the things that would normally do so now these type of events become even more exciting and even more interesting for us to look at and want to uh, be a part of and see and so it'll be interesting also with some of the changes that are being made how that'll impact future of super bowls and how things are done so um i think there's a lot of interesting things that'll come out of this and uh be able to tell us what the future looks like on some level and how the changes are, if there'll be changes um, as a result of what's currently taking place. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like I said, this is a week before, so it'll be interesting to see from next week perspective how we viewed it and that may be how we intro the show next week. But um, for now, man, I think that's a good discussion about a lot of probably the different aspects that people probably right. never even thought about with the Super Bowl. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Um, and once again, we appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode and all past episodes and hope you keep tuning in. Thanks once again. Peace. All right. That'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now, you know, peace.